Welcome to the Hot Pot Insights Show. I'm Kunkit and I'm here to bring you the perspective and insights of extraordinary people in ordinary lives. A podcast for those who are looking to embark on a journey of discovery and growth. Our next guest is a business strategist and serial entrepreneur. He had pivoted from the army to being one of the top requested photographers in Singapore and went on to found businesses in various industries over the years. Since 2013, he has brought his expertise to helping his regional clients to scale their businesses. Even during COVID circuit breaker, he had created the Business Quotient, a Facebook group to share resources on business strategies and to help entrepreneurs out there to start to scale and to, to avoid pitfalls uh, in their businesses. I'd like to introduce Benny Ong. Hi, Benny. Hey, guys. Hope you guys are doing okay. Hello, Gunkit. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How yeah. about yourself? Good. Thanks for inviting me. Great. Uh, really, really glad to have you on the show. Uh, maybe sure. can you share with us your, your journey? Maybe you can skim through uh, most of the stuff. I think a lot of people can find you through your Facebook page, um, the, the, the business quotient as well. So maybe like yeah. your pivotal moments. I, I think you, you, you had shared across a lot of times on how you yeah. shifted from army to photographer to a, as yes. a, to a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, a, a quick one is it's that I started as an army full-time career. I mean, like that's, that's really my full-time in there for, for a solid uh, five and a half years. But uh, you know what, what I'm very, really proud about is the, the, the pauses and time for me to think about who I want to be as well. I think that's really important. So that, that was why I, did, you know, I decided to go slow, five years and a half year, figure out who I am, came out, one of my proudest uh, achievements as an entrepreneur as well, I was a wedding photographer. I fall in love with a uh, passion and I make it into a business. Like most designer, you know, and, and people who are passionate in their field as well. So that was me, you know, contrary to popular belief as like some strategies and blah, blah, blah that people hear right now, right? Like I started off just really falling in love with camera, getting ready as well. And I I decided to, to scale purely because... Um, you know, you cannot scale your wedding. I fall in love with wedding. And uh, I remember clearly on my last wedding, I cried. You no, know, when I was shooting the last wedding, I cried because it was a very endearing career. At the same time, I know that is not what I can do best to contribute to the society, to the world as well, right? But at the same time, I know that there's no way for me to even, even pivot. It's, it's, a, it's a dead career because um, when I hire people under me, people only want me. Does it make sense? Like, 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 like they, they just don't want anybody else, right? And, and that, that whole business is is really trapped in, in that circumstances as well. So when I took the shift, I started multiple business that all didn't eventually turn out well. So, so I, I have a whole base of businesses under my belt, right? I was like, massively taking on every opportunity possible till I land on the training industry, which I very much fall in love with as well, uh, satisfying passion for coaching and teaching, right? And then moving forward, you know, uh, things, things, things get a little bit better. And of course, that was like a six, seven years ago story. Um, then everything else, you know, I started business coaching. I started training. And I believe in the power of practitioner as well. So I'm an entrepreneur today, full-time entrepreneur, right? And I believe that is the, the core strength of any entrepreneur should be as well. You know, as a practitioner, teaching practitioner works as well. That's me in short, yeah. Makes sense, makes sense. So today, what are you know, most known for? As in, there is the like the eye quadrant. That's how I came to know about you and, and the group itself. So maybe can you share a bit more? Because I think you're more towards like the business strategy side. Yeah. So I think um, as of this interview, I'm known for creating 
leading speakers and trainer in Southeast Asia perspective as well. So if you look at the whole um, market as a whole, right, uh, there are many top speakers and trainers in Malaysia and in Singapore as well uh, that I have personally trained from ground up and created the whole entire industry. iQuadrant is one of them. So I, I, I personally train the main trainers and then become a partner as well, one of the leading uh, real estate educational company in Singapore, in Malaysia as well. Uh, Faizu is uh, personally trained by me, you know, that created one of the biggest property group right now, um, largest one uh, in, in, in Southeast Asia, right? So I would say that is my core. That's what most people come and find me for. But as a true blood of any business owner, I feel that uh, when they come and find me, they thought it's some magic formula and stuff, right? I think that's what people mostly think. But the truth is really about offer designing. How do you create offer that makes sense to the market that is undefeated? And number two, right, is to then understand about funnel building, business building, right, and how do you create a sustainable business. So actually, that's what I'm known for right now in the small sphere of influence. So I'm not a full public speaker. You know what I mean? I don't go out there to promote this skill. I do it in a very passive business business consultation level. Yep. All right. So I think along your journey, I, I believe that you would have faced a lot of difficulties or even potentially failures. Is there any specific failure or failures that maybe had set you up for a later success hmm. that you like? Wow. I think first of all, right, uh, not everybody is suitable to be an entrepreneur. You know, that was not my old thinking. That is my current thinking because the the, the success come quick, right? But the failure come faster. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like when, it, when you fail, you really fail like exponentially i'm talking about like really like multiple failures and, and you just keep going on right and I, what i i realized in this journey number one at the beginning is if, if, if you if you come in thinking that you have that magic formula you know like oh man like, nah, like, like i mean as we are speaking in this interview right now like drop shipping might be a very big topic you get it like, like amazon might be a very big topic uh you know like like all these e-com right but but if you come in thinking that opportunistically, you can find this like golden window to make money, right? You will fail extremely badly. You know what I mean? All, all I can say is this, right? So one of my biggest learning is that you got to have solid fundamental in business. At the end of the day, no Facebook advertisement is going to save you for a bad offer, right? There's, there's no Facebook advertisement. And marketing, right, is by and large just message amplified. So a lot of people think marketing is the cure. Marketing is not the cure. Marketing is the amplifier, right? That means you have a very bad business, right? Marketing is just going to blow you up to show people how bad it is, right? And that is the, the cunning reality of business as well. I think this is huge to me and a lot of people need to know this as well. Fundamentally, you cannot cheat time, right? You can make your business faster. You can work harder, right? But however, there's this experience bar that you have to really clock and as an entrepreneur as well. And by saying that, it's not that you cannot be successful in six months or one year, right? But you just have to put on a very humble perspective that that time is not your goal. You know, you're not here to have a short game as well. In fact, put on a longer trajectory, right? Pick a business where, for me, you know, after failing many businesses, right, I realize it's not opportunity. Is really ask yourself this, right? Can you be doing this business even though it doesn't pay you money? Like, like literally happy doing it, right? And if you can say yes to that, like a hobby that, that is cool, right? Then chances are you're more likely to be successful because when you start off looking at an opportunistic point of view, you are measuring every move with money. Everything becomes transactional. And when you create a transactional business this way, you do not have a sustainable business uh, to me, right? Because you are not going to put effort for your product. You're not going to put and go the extra amount for your clients and everything else as well. So for me, there's many, many, many learnings, but I think putting on a humble perspective whereby you cannot defy destiny. You know, you had to 
really go back to the root of what you're passionate about, which is very gross for me to say that because to me, this sounds like some woo-woo motivational bullshit. You know, like, oh, do something you're passionate about, you know I mean? And then I used to be a guy that said, no, man, you know, if you want to work hard, you can get the result and blah, 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 right? But at the end of the day, I realized, you know, what keeps me working seven days a week while resting seven days a week means that my life is so blent right now. And it means, whether it's work, whether it's bizarre, it's just all blend in every day, right? It's really to see, can you have this part of your business as part of you then taking time off to build passive income? You get it, right? So, so I mean, there are many small business lessons that I can speak about later on throughout the interview perhaps, but I think just as a whole, you know, come in knowing that you have to love what you're doing. Come in knowing that, you know, it's going to take time to, to get things done as well. And if you happen to be one of those folks like me in some of my businesses where you get lucky and successful real quick, just understand that, you know, the, when the foundation is not strong, you are not going to last and scale anyways. Yep. Wow. That, that's a huge nugget to take away. Yeah. I think, I think there's like a misconce- misconception is that um, anyone can be an entrepreneur or a business owner or to, to be able to build a business without the context. And people don't see see um, the success, the, the the level of work that's put into any success success story. That like maybe there's a one percent success story, but there's like the ninety nine percent who had tried and failed. Is that quite the, true? The, the the problem is this: you see, that there are too many people jumping into entrepreneurship because they are freaking lazy as hell, not disciplined they are worthless in respecting hard work, time, they don't put passion in what they're doing and they are just plain old, not successful, motivated folks, right? Who thinks that entrepreneurship is the way to go so that I don't have to report to a boss. You get my point here, right? So, so, So the motivation is very distorted, thinking that you get freedom as an entrepreneur. In fact, right, you can say goodbye to freedom and you can say hello to flexibility, right? You have a lot of flexibility, you know, well, what time you work, what time you end work, blah, blah, blah. But however, do, there's no freedom. Like, like you really go into business, right? And be extremely accountable for all the actions. I've seen top players from all industry, you know, like really big players, right? Quitting their career, right? Coming to entrepreneurship. And they have way more success than people who are always failing career and coming to entrepreneurship. It's a very contradicting perspective, right? Because, oh, you might be a good employee. No, there is a core relation between a good employee and a good entrepreneur. Because today, right, when you are a business owner at my size right now, where we have like 30 staff under us in our company, you know, like, and I have more than a company having like 30 staff, and we have such level, right? You literally report to your staff, not your staff report to you. You report to your staff. Why do I say that? It's because... They said the timing, you have to be there. The tire or not, you have to show up. It's almost like a career because you're accountable for all the actions and what people do as well, right? And ultimately, most people fail to me in my personal humble experience and opinion, right? Is that they come in with a very distorted understanding of hard work, you know? They think they're avoiding the real work and they thought entrepreneurship is the highest leverage, easiest move to make the most money while my money work for me and blah, 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 right? I mean, think about all the successful investors. As I speak to you right now, my portfolio in stocks just in two months, within these two months, right? Averagely grow at 40%, right? I grew at 40% with two months, right? But the level of work and research I do and my 
investor does, right? It's crazy. We are talking about daily effort to get ourselves updated in market, right? Knowing what are we investing as well. So even even for investment as well, right? Like, like there's no sitting on a laurel. It's really choosing a path that you feel that it is the most congruent living up to you as well. So in my opinion, if you fare very badly in a career, right? There's a high chance you will not be successful as an entrepreneur. So I think that's my perspective of this 99.1%, right? Because people jump in just because they are skiving and they want an easy way out. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's has been a huge hype in terms of entrepreneurship as well over the past few years. Exactly. And 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 that's a problem, right? I mean, like every marketer out there who is marketing a program is marketing it as the easiest way out, the most leanest way out, the most predictable, the sit at home, do nothing and collect money and check, right? And then marketer spoils every industry. That's the truth, right? And, and that's, 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 that's a problem, right? Because, I mean, who says that the far- farmer who farms 12 hours are very relaxed? I mean, you get it? Who says that the, the hardware guys, the tech guys, the app guys, they're, I mean, like, I mean, have you heard before where like five, six people really leave their home, stay in a landed house just for the sake of spending 24 hours a day building their app and their business, right? That's how much they give up personal life to build a business, right? I'm not, I'm not here talking about strategy yet. I'm not here talking about like, like, like probability and blah, 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 right? I mean, there's another question, another strategy, but just based on the fact that when you come into entrepreneurship, right? You're going to ask yourself, right? Are you ready to be hardworking or not? And, and you know, oh, of course, by making 10x money, right? Of course, I'm hard. No, it's not about that. It's not about money. Is that are you willing to put on the same hustle as getting a career to be number one for promotion? I mean, it's just as simple as that, right? And and and, and let's not perverse entrepreneurship to be some easy, high leverage, simple way to make most money and and don't work for other people but work for yourself. I mean, that's that's my perspective. Yeah, yeah I've heard of uh, friends who are in in entrepreneurship as well. They, they at least they shifted to entrepreneurship. Is that being an being an employee, you maybe spend say forty to fifty hours if you plus over time, but being an entrepreneur, you are talking about at least eighty to hundred hundred hours a week um, to to really make things work because you are, as you mentioned, accountable to everything. You're accountable to your business partner, accountable to your employees, uh, paying your employees a salary and all this as well. So, uh, yeah, Sorry. I, I get it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So along along these ways, like, what are the resources that really helped you so far? Uh, what is a very broad question, though? What are the resources that help me? Right. Uh, I think that fundamentally. Uh, you cannot learn everything through experience. That's the biggest flaw. The biggest flaw in thinking. So a lot of people say, hey, uh, experience is the most important thing when it comes to entrepreneurship, right? I say to a large extent, yes, but really not everything as well. I mean, technically, you couldn't learn tax planning through experience. You probably burn a lot of money tax planning, you know, and then hire good person to figure that out, right? So, so for me, um, there's many elements to uh, um, entrepreneurship that I think is very important. However, right, I think basing on experience is the worst. You don't have to make the mistakes someone else make as well. So what do I mean? You know, start from leveraging. So leverage on people's network, your network, right? Leverage on people's experience and their failure as well, right? Be humble enough to know that Whatever business plan that you're thinking of, someone else has thought about it. You are not unique and it's fine. But what makes you a winner is can you execute it fast, hard and flawless and crazy and keep improving? Every idea that you can think of right now, I'm sure someone else has think about it. You get it, right? 
So the execution is king in this whole picture, right? And on that perspective, if you are not unique, means that there are someone who had the experience, who are having the experience, you know, who have the network, who have the insights, right? That you can learn from. That's the most humble thing that anybody should understand, right? And then do not just go into it, right? And then expect it to be a, uh, you are unique, you're special, nobody understand you, you got to prove people wrong, right? Trust me, most of the time, when someone tell you off that it's not going to work, right? It really means that it's not going to work. And don't fo- follow those motivational posters where they say, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, you know, they, they uh, prove them wrong, you know, once I'm successful. No, no, you don't need to prove anybody wrong. This journey is not about proving, right? If someone will give you a feedback, take it in, you know, take the slap to your face, you get it, right? And improve it, right? And that's about it. I mean, people are just giving you real advice, right? And to me, that's important. So, Start from acquiring knowledge, like a lot of knowledge from books, from mentors, you know, from programs and classes, because I can assure you, if I combine my business mistakes for the last seven years, just seven years, right? I can boldly say I have accumulated more than $1 million worth of losses that could have been avoided. So my word is this, uh, that am I making losses every year? No, but a million dollar attribute to the last seven years, which is like 100 plus thousand a year, I could have avoided those mistakes if I were to learn from someone else, right? And it might cost me money, but I'll invest in my future versus paying for those mistakes, right? And then end up still paying to, to learn anyways, right? So for me, that's the perspective as well. And also knowing that another point of view or, 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 or the other spectrum of the point of view is that, you know, don't go in and start spending money you know, don't, don't do that, right? Um, yes, get the knowledge and it's all cool, right? But go into business, right? By promoting your offer. Even though you have little margin or little profits because profit is really not your first priority in business. Proof of concept is the first priority. Because even though, let's say, if I can sell, say, this watch, you know, I would sell like this this watch, right? If I can sell it for like, like $200 and it cost me $200, right? It doesn't matter, right? Because if I have large enough volume, I can obviously drive the watch cost down, yes? yes. But the thing is, yes. can I at least try to figure out if there's large enough volume, right? And more importantly, right, to start it cheap, right? There's so many ways, right? You can do it pre-order. Mm-hmm. You can do it drop shipping, but not drop shipping as a business, but drop shipping as a method for your product, right? So you're not incurring expenses. You can do it in a way whereby you are getting um, direct purchase, on purchase, that means it's almost like drop shipping, but more like you know, you, you buy something at cost at, at, at a cost, right? And it's expensive because you're buying a very low volume, but you're just selling it away at the same price to see if there's a market and what do you learn from the experience. Does it make sense? So, yeah. so the worst thing I did, right, was I, I spent gazillion dollars custom making five one thousand watches, you know, and then and, and trying to sell the one thousand dollar what one thousand watches, right? Knowing that the minimum order is only five hundred, but I was so extremely confident that I might sell a thousand watches, right? That and now I realized that after five hundred watch later, I could have taken the experience to launch another watch design. Does it make sense? Which is more suitable for the client profile. But I'm stuck with another five hundred watch. It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's because I'm so focused in spending money. So the thing is, this: you may say, no, that's not me. I, 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 I know I'm smart. No. Because you can get so obsessed with your offer that you want it to be customized, unique, special, you know, to your flavor, right? And you forget that ultimately, it's not about profit or not about being unique. It's about proof of concept, right? So I say to a large part of the business world, which is very true, people talk about the minimum viable product, 
I call it a minimum viable offer, right? Anything that can get you to start something as fast as a quick to go to the market to test should be your goal. Because testing and proving there is a market is your priority. So as long as there is attraction to it, then you scale. Yes. Then you think about scaling, you think about profit. Right? Then you think about profit, right? Because it's so easy to get profit. Guys, it's so easy to get profit. Why? Because anything with large enough scale, you can drop price, number one. Next. Yep. Number two, right? Anything with large enough attention, someone will buy over you, someone will pay you to get the attention, someone will need the audience that you're building to build their business as well. So, so, so money is not hard. Monetizing is really not hard when you have enough traction and attention and data, right? But proving that your offer is unique and it works and is linked directly to what consumer want, right? That is entrepreneurship. Yeah. Is there a metric that you look at to whether to scale or to drop? Well, no. I mean, because every industry is different, but I, will, I wouldn't want to give a it depends kind of answer. But So let me just give a quick tip. Like, you know, I, I hate it depends answer because it just never ends, right? It's, it's, to me, it's a dumb, dumb answer, like, right? So, so a quick tip would be very simple is that when you go into everything, right, you focus in scaling and ROI, rather than expenses and revenue. So what do I mean? It means that you want to go in, right, and see marketing, right, as a form of ROI. And that's very important. So when you sell, it's ROI, yes? So, so the idea is this, is that only when it's proven, you start scaling. And only when it stop working, you stop entire everything. That's all. It's as simple as that. So for example, right, you might be putting like 100 bucks on Facebook to see if there's traction and you realize there's traction, you learn something, where you maybe get one client, well, that makes sense, right? Then you, now you scale to $500 to, based on your learning and improvement to see if you can get enough client. Well, with spending $500, you're still getting five clients, which is not bad. It means that you're scaling five times, you still get five times more customer, right? It's not too bad, right? Then what do you want to do, right? Then you start to spend $1,000 to see, right, what is the result. Then you spend $1,000, you get eight customer. The cost per lead is higher now, but yet it still makes sense for your business, right? Oh, you're still profitable. Then you go 2,000, then you go 5,000, then you go 10,000, right? Then you go 15, right? You scale to understand the market and to see where's the market benchmark as well. And once it doesn't work, stop. It's as simple as that. So it's always an incremental testing before scaling. It's always, even though your result is incremental testing. At, at, a, at my business level right now, we spend close to a quarter million dollars on Facebook every month, right? Do you think I spent quarter million on day one? Oh, hell no. You get it, right? I started what? And I'm slow because I don't have a good mentor in the past, right? So I was stubborn, right? So say seven years ago, I'm spending like 1,000 on Facebook, which I, when I had the result, I could have scaled way faster, yes? Of course, it took me seven years later now that I'm spending like quarter million on Facebook, right? But my point is, I, it's, it's really about I mean, I'm proud that I take my time as well, you know what I mean? Because I'm understanding the market, right? In my different businesses. But once again, once you have a proven business, just skill and see where's the limit. And, and that's, how it, that's how it goes, right? And, and to me, then the conversation is that where is the money after that, right? But can you get big enough volume of clients first year? Yeah. Wow. I think maybe we can pivot to, uh, I think something that you had spoke about um, earlier uh, during this interview is that um, you mentioned about, I think it's in, very in line with your mission. So I, I remember you mentioning your mission is to, there is no need to choose between clients, family time and business success. 
So I think <laughs> I think this is very much against like articles like back since 2016, like from Forbes and all this like work-life balance versus work-life integration. I think <laughs> for you it's very much everything is jumbled up together, everything is integration. Maybe can you shed more light on that? Yeah, I, th- I think it's even beyond integration. It's just purely about what is your golden metrics in life? You know what? Among all the metrics that you hold on to, your values and everything, what is your golden metrics in life? So let me just put this perspective to you, right? So I want you to answer this question, right? Make a guess. To be the top 20% in Singapore in 2020 right now, how much money must you make? Top 20%. Top 20, maybe... Mm-hmm. You are the top 20 in Singapore. That means you are like not normal, yes? Top 20%. Yeah. Maybe How three, much? 300k per year? A, a year or a month? I mean, just... just, uh, just a just, year. Uh, 300, 300k a year. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, as I'm speaking right now, I'm going to Google this data for you, right? Because I want to be as accurate as possible, right? So, I'm going to punch some number in, right? To, to, to give you a rough estimate, right? And I'm going to tell you this shocking number right now. Right? It's so shocking. I don't think you will believe it, right? And the number is this, is that to be top 20% of Singapore, Rian, right, who are making income, right, you only need to make 80K a year. What's my point? My point is, right, this whole bloody world, right, pins success as a very high accolade, you know, high money income profile thing, right? And, And what I'm trying to say here is really very simple, right, that if you have a combined income in Singapore today, right, at 15,000 to 20,000 a year, right? A month, sorry, right? A combined income with your spouse, right? You are among the top 15% in Singapore. Yes, top 20%, right? Yep. And which means you are already not normal. You can probably afford a private condominium in Singapore. You can probably afford a, a car. You can probably have enough saving to retire with millions through investing, yes? And, 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 and it's just as simple as that. So what's my point? My point is, People went on to this crazy illusion of success, right? And they think they have to make 500,000, a million, 5 million a year, right? And they have to then sacrifice every bloody thing else to hit that goal, right? And on that perspective, right? When someone puts money as their top priority in life, they will screw themselves up because the whole life will be about compromise and sacrifice, yes? And that's why it is damn stupid, I'll just be very frank, right? For you to put money as top priority. To be honest, many years ago, I decided on a priority. My priority and my goal is very simple, is that if I ever hit 20K a month, right, I will not worry about income anymore, And all my focus will be on impact, on be on what I want to do and be on creating the business that is the proudest I can ever achieve in any industry that I'm in. So, so I'm not irrational to have zero income goal and just keep building, yes? Because I, I look at the market and I say, I say, hey, to be honest, right, Benny, you need to learn how to be contented, right? If you're making 20K a month, you are already not normal, yes? You, you have enough saving to retire as a millionaire, right? You should focus on other priority, right? And my point to you is even simpler is this way is that, it's really not hard to build a business to have a profit of 200,000 a year. It's not the easiest, but it's not extreme, right? And at 200,000 profit a year, right, you are nowhere in Forbes under 40, uh, 40 under 40. You're nowhere in like some billionaire, multi-millionaire list. You are just a common folks, yes or no? 
right? You're just someone who who who, who exists and nobody cares about you. You don't live in the most top tier uh, um, area in Singapore and everything else, right? So my point is this: is that if then you decide, right? Number three. So now you know the, the every Singapore salary. Right? Now you know an income, right? That you can you can be in and be way more than comfortable, and yet you know what I mean, like like that like you 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 are really good, right? And yet it's not hard, right? The third perspective is this. Then if so, why the hell do you need to entertain people that you don't like? Does it make sense? So if so, why the hell do you need to entertain people that you don't like? So what if you entertain people that you don't like, right? And make another uh, uh, 100,000 more? It doesn't matter because you set a very clear income goal. Does it make sense? Makes sense. So that is the real perspective that I, I want to talk about in like integration and uh, work-life balance. It's, it's not about that. It's about setting an income goals to be pragmatic, yes? It could be 10,000 for you. It could be 20, it could be 15, it could be 7,000. And by the way, if you make 8,000 a month, right? You are already better than the most employed salary worker in Singapore, yes? Yeah, that's true. I mean, like doing what you love, having flexibility, and 8,000, you're already better than most Singaporeans, right? which is not too bad, right? Which is better than 60% of Singaporeans, right? So my point to you is, then you don't give a shit anymore. Does it make sense? Then, then you just don't give a shit, right? You just focus on what you want to do. So you don't entertain people. So then if you decide not to entertain people, the beautiful part is then you don't need balance integration because you're just being yourself, yes? And if you're just being yourself, there's no need to integrate or balance. <laughs> you're just being yourself. So I guess it's really defining your why, defining um, what drives you. Um, of course, a uh, uh, of course, money is a means to, to cater to, say, yeah. needs, but beyond a certain amount, it's already really your impact that you want to bring to either society or... No, um, I, 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 I want to even say it's that fantastic like how you share it. I mean, you share something very beautiful. I will share this, that what income, right, can you accept to make, right, and do what you love? That's all. So means, is it 8K? Is it 10K? Is it 15K a month? Is it 20K a month? And be very practical about this because... It costs, it could be as much as possible. Yes, I mean, like, the number doesn't end, but just set the amount that, hey, you know what? You know, you can live and it doesn't matter anymore. Just set the income for yourself. Mine could be 20, 30K a month, you know, like that's many years ago, right? I mean, like, yours could be like 50K, it could be 10K, it doesn't matter, right? Then number two is create a non-compromised set of rules for yourself. That you're not going to do your what, you're not going to do what, you're not going to go through this unethical line, you're not going to just set all these bloody bars out there, right? And just follow them. And the last part I didn't share earlier was the beautiful part is once you decide not to entertain funny people, do business with funny orders and all this stuff, usually you have a bigger business than ever. Because <laughs> you have a, such a congruent business, right? You have such a business you're passionate in that you actually put in more work. And your clients are all filtered because you no longer work with everybody. You work with filtered clients that truly respect you and you respect them, right? And suddenly, right, you find yourself in a bigger business than ever by not compromising. Isn't that interesting? It is. So, 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 so my point is, I start off saying so much about compromising, right? But the truth is, end up you never compromise and you still have a big business. It's, like, it's about it's just filtering. Yes, but it's just how you decide to start. If you decide to put money as a start, you're going to have a miserable life because you're going to accept bad clients that actually set you back. You're going to accept a lot of bullshit that set you back. Yeah, but if you decide to set yourself as a priority, you will end up always with a better business. So end up, do you only make 20,000? You don't. You actually make a lot more. You have a point here, but because you have a more congruent business, your time effective use is even better, right? It's optimized because you only handle high quality clients, high quality leads, right? 
Yeah. So isn't it interesting? By deciding to not work with everyone, by deciding to be more focused, by deciding right to have a small business, you end up having a big business. So to me, that's that's that's, that's how I uh, my perspective of my very long perspective of work life balance. Yeah. Wow. So I think I think maybe to to dive a bit deeper in terms of um, having multiple businesses or pivoting. Is there a chance that it could be a shiny object syndrome at certain point? Yes, certainly, certainly. But I'll give you another perspective before we talk about you know whether are you suitable and and all this stuff. Right? I just want to say that you know you have um, Richard Branson from Virgin who have so many businesses that you cannot count, yeah. and you have uh, Steve Jobs who have one business. With multiple entities, but it's one business at the end of the day, right? And went very deep, right? So my take is right, stop trying to decide and perverse something that that is not you or, or like what the market is saying, right? I mean, there are people who have one business that do super duper well, right? And there are people who are like me, right, who just cannot sit still and I need at least five business on my belt to keep myself occupied and I love it. And once again, money is not my goal. You get it. Of course, say, oh, well, you focus on one business, you can go much deeper and blah, 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 blah. I say, yeah, this is good for money. But but I mean, there's this still at the end of the day, this level of what and who you want to be, right? And I think that's very important, right? So for me, right, I don't even care about the conversation that you just put to me. I mean, because to me, right, it's like, Yes, it could be like better. It could be like, you know, it could be a like pivoting. It could be like, it doesn't matter, right? So be it, right? You, you, we have a life. We often look at business as such an objective thing and an objective, perfect standard we have to up, uplift to. It's like, oh, I shouldn't jump because it's a shiny object. It'll look like I'm a, a, someone who are not focused. No, you don't care about how people look at you, right? And who is to say, right? You need to figure out what you want to do at your age. How do you know this is a shiny object or not? How do you know? You don't know. How do you know you won't learn something in a shiny object that pivots and change your business or give you another perspective of a new business that you finally settled out? Like, how, how do you know? Who knows? How do I know what I'm doing right now, right? Is the last business. How do I know that? I mean, this is no way I can ever know, right? So what's my point? My point is, let's not play God and make prediction about is this shiny object or should we focus on what? Just focus on the core thing in life, which is what makes you happy? What makes you get up and be excited, right? And, and, and that's about it because I could die tomorrow. So and when I die, I don't think about whether that is a shiny object or not, right? I think about whether do I try everything that I love to do or you know, do I stick to my values that I really are. That's just about it, yes? So, so, so my very unorthodox view to this, right, is that well, when I was very young, someone sell me a network marketing package, MLM, right? You get it, right? And, yep. I, and I joined, I joined MLM, right? Is it the best business? No. Right? Is it scam? I don't think so. But is it not a business? Yes, it's not a business, but they keep selling it like a business, right? So I joined an MLM, right? But let me tell you this. From that experience, I learned so much about business and I learned so much how it is not a business. And I learned so much about networking and building friends, right? That I met a solid group of friends that we all decided to quit and start our own businesses proper. So you tell me, is that good or bad? You, you tell me that move. Is that good or bad? 
I guess there's always a silver lining in certain sense. Yeah, you get my point, right? So how do you know there's no silver lining at the next shining object? How do you know that? And the last thing you want, right, is to defy your gut feeling. We have gone to a perspective right now, right, that we need to live up to this arbitrary standard as entrepreneur. We no longer trust our gut. And you have to build the entrepreneurship acumen by slowly trusting your gut feeling and making mistakes and making successes so your gut feeling becomes very strong, you know, your business acumen, right? And it takes you to be not just following general advice or blah, but it takes you to be really digesting every decision and reflecting, right? And get mature as we go along as well, right? So I have invested in stocks, you know, and I'm thinking about going to Bitcoin and stuff, right? So will Bitcoin crash? Will it grow? I don't know. I know is that no matter what decision I make, I will make a learning or make a growth. And in the learning or growth, I will learn something that now becomes my archive of my gut feeling, you know, and how I, my acumen is in life and in money, right? And I'm still young. I mean, like, I'm not even like 60 years old. You get it, right? 50 years old, right? So, and who is to say 40 years old is old? 50 years old is old. You get my point? So, so your life is so long ahead. And why do we need to stop ourselves from making mistakes as we go along? Are that dumb mistakes? Yes. But if you choose to make a very dumb move, then better learn from it, yes? And grow from it, right? And it's about failing fast, failing forward. Make sense? So you fail okay. fast, then you fail forward. You want to just, okay, what do I learn? Okay, then don't give up in the journey, right? Because all I know is this, very simple, Kunkit. If you don't give up, you keep trying the next thing, and if you are hardcore enough to keep going in, right? The ROI will eventually appear. And, and you reach that one project, that one business, that one idea, right? They'll make everything else make sense. The money will all come in. So, so this is my perspective on your question. Yeah. Yeah. Or whether you choose one, choose many or not. Just really figure out who you are. I think that's most important. Yeah. And we have seen before a person with one business who are very successful and a person with 10 business who are very successful, right? So that's true. Who's right? Who's right? Nobody's right. It's just you, right? Everyone is right in their own standard. Exactly, exactly, right? So why we want to create arbitrary standards for people to follow and then when they fail, they feel useless because they cannot own up to their mistake because they followed someone else's decision and not their gut feeling and they learn nothing. After this, this will be our last question before we go on to the quick firing question round. Um, sure. I, I think this uh, there was this article in Straits Times about two years ago. Um, yep. It's about your gate crash. I think you you oh, mentioned wow. you managed to find it. Wow. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you you mentioned that you would be interested in in to be the nominated uh, member of parliament maybe in your later years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think I think this is very in line with with your your path in education. So is this something that you are looking to go back into? I think into the public sector as well. No. No. That was two years ago. Me. See, I I dare to put out comments and if I. If I make a mistake, I admit to it. That's just two years ago. Me. Let me tell you why. Because it's very dark. In what sense? Political is very dark. Right? Whether you're in whatever position, right? It's just very dark. It's core office politics for a certain reason, right? Yeah. And, 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 and as an entrepreneur right now, I feel that in my position today, I can do what I want to do. I can say what I want to say, right? And I pay for the consequences of my business, right? And I'm in full control. And I don't have to live in a subset of certain agenda that, that doesn't live up to my, you know, who I want to be as well, right? And I think this is the best way to represent my voice as a business owner, as a personality. So I would 
rather be a YouTube celebrity, a YouTuber, than a politician in 2020 when this conversation is happening right now, right? right? This yeah. So this is my new perspective because I can control my own audience. I can control my own content, right? And, and, and I feel that is what I can get, you know, versus being in, in politics, right? Where I am being politicking around, you get it, right? And, 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 and I, I just think that this is, is no longer what I'm, I'm excited about anymore. Right. I, I think um, previously you also mentioned that you are looking to build up your YouTube channel. Like, is this ready or is it in the works? Ah, it's just procrastination. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's straight up, right? It's just procrastination because, uh, of course, there's COVID and there's many things happen in business and all. I have created 40 over videos. Uh, I'm born to do videos. I can do 40 videos in a day, right? And I recorded, it's edited, right? I post that on Facebook. And I'm very active on Facebook with the short form videos. Facebook seems to be a platform that I can work very well in because I like to do Facebook Live or so. So it's straight away recorded and then published, right? So for me, it's such an easy form. Right? So when it comes to YouTube, the, you have to respect the platform. This curated content is, is being very intentional with every sentence that you say so that it's very concise, big learning, right? So, so why get there one day? I will, like, I think it's still one of my goal, right? But as of right now, um, the procrastination is real, like, as in, like, like, I'd rather be doing this, you know, like, any day than sitting down to do a YouTube video. It's just something about me that I need to overcome and uh, it's something that I'm very aware of, but, but I do believe that I'll be doing YouTube and in fact, right, I'm, 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 I'm launching a podcast series with a very famous YouTuber in Singapore in the finance world that I don't want to mention him, right? So, it's in the finance world as well. I'll be launching with him as well. Nice. So, yeah, so, and I'll be launching another, um, YouTube series, another podcast, right? With someone else who is in a business world, right? Which is very big in the business world, handling celebrity. And for me, um, I, you know, I, I find that there's a reason why I have business partner because uh, I, I'm just more accountable when I have people to answer to. I mean, it's just how, 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 how I work, right? So, so when I am working with this um, big finance YouTuber, right? I got no choice but to subject myself to making things happen. Uh. So, so, so I follow that flow. So, so rather than forcing myself to start a YouTube channel, which, you know, I haven't get a groove, right? So my next call, best call was to start these two podcast series, right? And at least get something out and then see where it goes. Yep. Nice, nice. All right. Uh, going on to our quick fire questions. The question can be short, but your answer can be either short or long, really up to you. So for the first one, is there a favorite word of yours? Leverage. Leverage, nice. Uh, what is the favorite part of your day? Oh, meetings. <laughs> Go to comfort food. Wow, um, carrot cake. Wow. Black or black or white? Black. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you usually you you do have your coral hair. Like, how long do you take to get get it ready? <laughs> so on the recent um, months, right, I've changed my hairstyle to like like some side parting now, as you can see, right, because it's so hard to maintain, right. But to be honest, um, this is even worse to maintain because side parting and all that. I mean, like, whatever, right? But, but honestly, uh, my hairstyle, my back comb hairstyle, took me like, um, honestly, ten minutes max to get it done. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a mastery level. I've clocked my ten thousand hours. So it's like it's damn fast. Yeah, you know, for my hair to it. All right. So one universal skill or habit for budding entrepreneurs to learn. Selling. If you could have dinner with any three people, either dead or alive, who will it be and why? Oh, I'll have dinner with Jay Abraham. Uh, Jay Abraham is the marketing genius, right? And uh, I have 
been under his mentorship before, I think there's so much to ask uh, and then to learn from as well. So he's one man I will probably have a uh, dinner with. Number two, uh, I cannot think of someone off my mind right now, but probably will be a philosopher. Probably one, any, any one of the lead philosopher as well, because I think at the end of the day, fundamentally, philosophy is a very deep topic that drives entrepreneurship as well. So, so to me, I'm, I have a deep interest in philosophy. Probably in the Chinese form will be Laozi, right? Will be Laozi as well for for, for Roman and uh, and all. I'm not. I cannot name of someone on the spot, right? But I would say it's Laozi right now. Number two, um, number three would be. Oh shit, I only got three votes, so I need to think carefully. Hmm. I would be hmm, meeting uh, Lee Kuan Yew. Yeah, yes, because uh, he's an inspirational character. You know, he has his own uh, uh, way of doing things with iron fees as well. But I think there's so much to learn from him from building the entire Singapore, you know, along with the, the whole team, right? I think he's going to be someone that I can get so much words of wisdom with. Yep. Wow, wow, those three are very big names <laughs> in some sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, where can the audience find you um, on top of the business quotient? Well, if you search the Benny Ong on um, Facebook, you probably see a lot of my uh, content out there on my Facebook page. Uh, more to come uh, in the next few months as well. Uh, once in a while when I'm not busy I'm, when I'm not busy with my business I then go into content building phase like what happened in COVID I was like going back doing a lot more content and I take a pause and doing that right so most of the videos we've published on uh, Facebook but I can say again I think the general um, handle will be The Benny Ong even if it's on uh, YouTube soon it'll be that case as well so just google The Benny Ong and it will appear yeah alright cool thank you Benny for your time today you're welcome thank you Hey, thank you for listening to my interview with Benny. Here are my takeaways. 1. Be humble. You are not unique and it's fine. Someone would have thought of whatever business plan you might have thought of. It is how can you do it faster, cheaper and or better. 2. To achieve financial success, you do not need to have to sacrifice relationship health, and any other areas of your life. 3. Do not stop trying. Always test. Feel fast. Do let me know your takeaways from this hot pot mix of insights. Cheers.